Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we are, um, according to the Lord's leading and a lot of fellowship uh, amongst the churches, the brothers in the churches in what we call the South Orange County area. So yeah. let's make sure we know what this geographic area um, covers. So uh, all the way, uh, I think we should start with Santa Ana. So there should be some saints here from Santa Ana. I don't know. Are there some Santa Ana people here? Amen. All right. All right. Well, well, we'll, we'll do it tomorrow because I think this afternoon uh, only maybe 50% of the saints are here. So tomorrow we'll see more of you. Okay. All right. Santa Ana and then uh, Huntington Beach. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, uh, Lake Forest, Lake Forest, and then um, San Juan Capistrano, and then good old Irvine here, and of course this is the Irvine Meeting Hall, and um, I don't know even uh, according to statistics, Mark, uh, how many saints, we know there are these uh, five churches, uh, but how many saints are there? Uh, about 800 saints uh, in this, uh, this area. And, uh, of course, we expect at least half, maybe a little bit more than half, to come uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, so, um, we have not done this kind of um, uh, blending for quite some time, maybe two years. More than two years. Oh, boy. That, that's a shame. Uh, a shame on the brothers uh, who did not uh, organize these events more frequently. Um, but our hope actually is once a year, really, we should do this and clear out our calendars because the blending is very, very important. Um, um, the blending is the way that we would have actually the reality of the body of Christ um, uh, from a um, practical standpoint. Of course, we know the reality of the body is a corporate living of the saints. Um, uh, the corporate, I would even say the corporate living of Christ. Uh, that is the reality of the body. But on the other hand, um, there's a practical aspect, and that is if we remain in our local churches, just having our own church life, and we never go out of our church or go to uh, visit or communicate or fellowship with other churches, not only nearby, but I would even say in this whole country, this whole state, this whole world, then uh, we would have a tendency to become myopic. We have a tendency to become small-hearted. We have a tendency to become even worse, isolated. And isolation brings forth always problems, isolation. Uh, and that is you become more and more independent. You become more and more ingrown. Uh, you become actually, even as a church, self-centered. All of these will actually contribute to a kind of diverse-mindedness amongst the churches. And worse yet, if we don't take care of the blending, we may end up even in a kind of division uh, in time. 
So today, with all the conveniences afforded to us technologically and in every way, uh, we are actually in the best of all times in history. Uh, since the beginning, 2,000 years ago, uh, of the apostles, to blend. Uh, am I right? Today, um, uh, we have cars, we have uh, planes, and I've never flown on airplanes as much as I have done in the last five years. Uh, so I earn every possible frequent flyer miles clubs elite status. And... Um, Without, I don't know what to do without the airplane uh, to uh, visit the churches, to blend with the saints, and so on and so forth. I hope uh, the churches and the saints in South Orange County here would have a blending culture. Uh, just uh, make blending part of our church life, uh, not just with your own, uh, own saints in your small group or in your district or in your church, but really make it part of the church, your church life to go blend with other places, other churches, other saints. And we have the internet today, of course, without saying that we can uh, even use uh, Skype or Zoom or whatever you use uh, to, to, to blend. All this is for blending. And um, when we come together to blend, um, it is not just to come and hear a message uh, or just merely eating a meal together, I hope. I hope that all of us are very exercised in our inner being, Amen. and that is in our spirit. So uh, as we come here together as saints, as believers, as family, really, of the same one household of the Father, uh, we would be so close, so intimate, so, um, so much full of love uh, in our coming together and not as strangers or sojourners. And uh, when we come, uh, we of course do not, are not here to interact with each other in a natural way, in our old man, am I right, in the flesh? Obviously not. Um, we're here, therefore, uh, under the shadow of the cross, right, uh, as the one new man. And also we come together uh, with the exercise of the spirit. Right? Amen. To be in the spirit, Amen. exercising our spirit, Amen. to be with one another. And, um, um, and finally, whenever we come together in this way, it is not just to have a good time. Of course, we will. But we come together here also to build up the body. Amen. Do you realize right. right now we're all sitting here to build up the body? And when we eat together, we are building up the body uh, by our what? Blending and mingling together. It says, it says in 1 Corinthians, and this is the scriptural basis for blending in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, but God has blended the body together. God has blended. God has not only placed the members in the body as it pleases him. Of course, God did all that placement. But God doesn't just place them so that we can all be individual members. God wants to blend these members together, right? Uh, and what is that blend, blending for, according to 1 Corinthians 12? That blending is so that there would not be differences in the body of Christ. So it says right away there, if some member would rejoice, 
we would all rejoice with them. And some who would suffer, we would all suffer with them. Not only so, if there's some members that are uncomely, we would come together to honor those uncomely members so that there would not be differences in the body, so that there would not be um, uh, polarization within the body, so that there would not be a kind of fragmenting in the body. Rather, the body is always what? Being mingled and blended together. Uh, eventually, of course, uh, of course, in the Old Testament, the basis for this blending is in the mingling of the fine flour. You know the fine flour? Um, as in the meal offering, uh, blended together to make, uh, make one loaf or one wafer as an offering to Jehovah. So with that as a basis, we know that this blending is a kind of a mingling. And if you here try to blend, uh, when we want to blend together, um, you cannot blend uh, grains together. Am I right? Mm-hmm. You can put a lot of grains together and put them together or shake them up together, but you cannot call that blending, much less mingling. Those grains have to go through a process, and that is each grain has to be what? Has to be grounded into powder, right? Into, into a blendable form. And when you put all this uh, powder together or flour together, really, then you lost all the distinction. You don't even know what flour comes from which grain. They're all just blended together, and then you add the water, you put it into the oven, and so on. Out comes a loaf. Now, God wants a loaf today. Amen. God doesn't want individual grains flying around or, or here and there, God's one to enjoy a loaf. And that loaf is the body of his son. That loaf is the church. And so in order to have that loaf, the head, that is Christ himself, took the lead as the one grain to fall into the ground and die. And by that death, he, be, he bore many, many grains. That's us. But today... Just the grains will not satisfy God, as I said. God wants a loaf. So today, all of us have to follow the footsteps of the head of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, that we would also fall into the ground and die. Right? That means we should die to ourselves, die to our soul life, die to our old man, and die to our flesh, and all these things. We would fall into the ground and allow our outward humanity to be broken. And this weekend, I'm going to say something about breaking uh, from a particular angle. And after that breaking, we would be ground uh, into powder, and then we can have the blending together so that we can become one meal offering for the Father to enjoy. So I hope... Just even this little bit of a simple introductory word on the matter of blending, we would treasure this practice. You know, years ago, it's not like we never have blending in the church life or in the Lord's recovery. But I like to tell you, this blending as a practice, even as a culture among us, was really, really not so much uh, exalted or promoted until the last years of our brother Lee, 
that is Brother Witness Lee's life. Um, while he has talked about the matter blending, but this matter became prominent, became um, mm -hmm. particularly important. It, it becomes something in the forefront of our church life. This is why in the last 21 years since he passed away, uh, we practice globally, globally, to come together seven times a year. And that is absolutely crazy, according to uh, human standards, even Christian standards. You know, every time I turn, someone asks, where are you going? I said, uh, I'm going somewhere to blend. And then two months later, where are you going? Uh, I, um, I'm going to blend again. Uh, this time in, in Africa, you know, last time in, uh, in Philadelphia, whatever it is. And then the next time it's in, in uh, Taipei or, or Malaysia. And uh, I like to testify this kind of blending uh, uh, requires some sacrifice. Let's be real, okay? Let's be honest about it. Um, it, it I need to get on a plane, you know? Well, I, I firstly need to pack, you know? And I need to buy a ticket, get on the plane, and somewhat suffer some of these long trans-oceanic uh, trans flights and uh, the, uh, the uh, time chain, jet lag, and all of this, and then you go to blend. Uh, a few days later, you come back, right? And right. Uh, repeat the same. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it, it, takes, it takes, uh, takes some price to pay and the time off and all of this. But I'll tell you, let's listen. I don't know where the Lord's recovery nor the local churches would be in these 21 years without that kind of blending. <laughs> we will have a different recovery, mm -hmm. a much more segregated and separated recovery. You, you, you believe me. Now, not all of us can go to blend all seven times. Um, you know, by the way, I like to uh, say a, a good word about, about um, um, Rich, Rich Yardley. Rich Yardley is uh, uh, not only the tallest brother among us, <laughs> Uh, Rich Yardley uh, is actually, to my observation, because I'm virtually in every one of the seven fees, uh, one of the guys who show up every time. And uh, he's not a co-worker, you know, we have co-workers. We, I have to be there, no, 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 no way around that. I mean, if I have a no-show, I'm in deep trouble, okay? <laughs> but he's not, he's not a co-worker, but he shows up every time uh, with some brothers, and and that is a wonderful thing. So at least there is a representation from good old Irvine, all right? No one else came, he's there. Now, I would like to see in every blending, universal blending, global blending, that there's at least one rep from every church. At least one. And Irvine has quite a number of saints, and how come it's always him? Sometimes I do get tired of his face. I like to see another brother come. Another sister come, uh, so that I'm not there alone, you know, Irvine, uh, stand up Irvine, uh, it's me standing up again. No, I like to see more saints. But this has to become a culture, and to have that as a culture, you need to what, have a vision, a vision that today in the Lord's recovery, we cannot go on without blending. Blending tempers us together. Blending, you say, say you are 150 degrees, 
I'm a 50 degree person, that means you're very hot, I'm very cold, uh, we're extremes. What is blending? Blending is to what? Is to blend away these uh, distinctions, these differences, and after some blending we will achieve what? Well, 150 degrees is not a good, good. Uh, so let's say I'm 50 degrees, you are, uh, you're 100 degrees. Okay, there we go. That's a better, better uh, uh, illustration. And after some blending together, we will achieve a very balmy 75 degrees. You know, Southern California, balmy weather. So it's not too cold, not too hot. It's just right. Let me tell you, if you don't blend, you will never be just right. You're either too cold or you're too hot. So blend. Amen. Some are too fast, some are too slow. Blend together, we'll have the right speed. So blend away the differences uh, by, by being tempered together. Blending adjusts us. Blending adjusts us. Uh, you just don't know after a while you're, of course, by yourself. All of us are like this. You know, it's like, I don't know whether there's really one car, even the most expensive car, that if you leave your hand off this, uh, this uh, wheel, that car will absolutely go straight. You know, today, more and more, they have the technology, supposedly self-driving cars. Even if they say so, I don't trust it. <laughs> All right? I don't trust it. My hands must be there. Because the tendency of the car after a while is to go this way or that way or whatever way, okay? So we need adjusting. Uh, you say, oh, you in Irvine, you're a big church, you're great, you don't need any adjustment. You're wrong. Irvine needs a lot of adjustment. Right, brothers? Am I right? We have the same tendency to go off into, some, into space. We need... Uh, you know, a smaller church to come and adjust us. Amen. We do. Amen. Then we will all become balanced. Am I right? So, um, uh, uh, blending has a lot of practical effect and positive effects to preserve us, to keep us, and of course, positively, it is to blend us together into one, um, uh, one body. So, Practice the body life. Let's Amen. practice the body life by more blending. Amen. All right? Brothers, are you okay? Amen. Uh, no, not see you in three years, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. It's unacceptable. All right? Saints, do you agree? Amen. The churches down here should blend at least once a year. This is more important than some other things. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right? I, I spent 20 minutes on blending. <laughs> now, what are we going to talk about this weekend? I must tell you there's a, there's a very deep burden on my heart. And I have some assurance. One can never have 100% assurance, but I do have some assurance that it is a timely word for us from the Lord. And so, um, in order to present this burden, we have this outline. Now, let me say something about this outline. I may or I may not follow this outline. That's not important. The important is that you have it. All right? Then I would like to um, 
uh, ask you, or even if I may um, uh, admonish you, uh, that uh, after this meeting or next week or whatever, um, in the coming days, you would spend some time uh, in this outline, either you're by yourself or with some of the saints, to digest it. And I believe that we are, the churches are here actually making morning revival for the next two or three weeks. Two weeks. So, three weeks. So that you will actually have the material to get into, right? Based on these outlines. However, that said, uh, I may or may not use these outlines for my speaking. Why? Because... um, I feel to go according to my burden, uh, more than just by the print. The print will help me and help all of us, but I feel the burden is, uh, is the most important thing. So, we read these verses from Revelation, and as you can tell, it is on two parts of the New Jerusalem. You know, New Jerusalem is the consummate sign, sign, S-I-G-N. That means it is a kind of a symbol, a sign, to signify something. They are not actual physical things. You know, this is why today people think New Jerusalem is like heaven. You know, some, there'll be actual, you know, golden streets and actual uh, whatever, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. No, that's not the way to interpret the Bible. It's made very clear in the beginning of this book that these are the signs. All the things, the pictures in the Bible are signs. So when it says the lamb is standing on the throne, right? Freshly slain. It's not this little woolly thing with a a little tail. You're wrong, okay? That lamb is Christ, right? the slain Christ or the crucified Christ. Um, and just that's just a picture. It says the seven golden lampstands. Those are not seven physical uh, lampstands, you know. By the way, this lampstand is close to my name. It's, it's menorah. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I do have this little uh, uh, thought to change my name. <laughs> from my current spelling to, to spell like menorah. So I'll be a lampstand. How about that? Well, forget about that. Okay. So my, it, they're not physical lampstands. It's seven churches. It is a symbol. It's a sign. But that sign tells us a lot of story. You know, a picture is better than a thousand words. So, etc. Now, the... Um, um, uh, New Jerusalem is the greatest sign and the consummate sign in the book of Revelation. And so it is a consummate sign of what? Of something that God was after in eternity past. And that is what? A universal structure of, that is composed of God and man. The very God that is triune, and the very triune God that has been what? Processed. Now, I assume that 
many of us understand what I'm talking about already, um, of God coming out of eternity, becoming man, living a human life, crucified on the cross, and resurrected on the third day to become the spirit, uh, changed from the flesh to the spirit, and even ascended to the heavens and eventually even descended as the spirit to produce his body on the earth. So that process is uh, today the process that the triune God has gone through. And not only so, but this process eventually consummated in something. That consummation is that this triune God today is the spirit, the compound, all-inclusive spirit. This triune God is there. And then you have also, on the other hand, man, but not man so simple, but the tripartite man with the body, with the soul, and with the spirit. And this man also went through a process, and that process is because of God's work of redemption and God's work of salvation on this man. Right? So this man is a man, of course, once upon a time fallen, but um, redeemed by the precious blood of Christ and also regenerated, am I right? By the very life of Christ. And through that, this man becomes a new being, a renewed being. And this man also would, uh, this saved man would also, this man would also go through a process of God's um, organic salvation to not only regenerate him, but to um, um, uh, renew him, but to um, um, transform him, uh, eventually even to conform him into the image of Christ, and finally to glorify him. And so this is the process of this man, and you have the process triune God, and you have the process tripartite man, and they're mingling together. They're coming together. They're being blended together. They're joining together. They're being in union with one another. Produce this, what? This organic, universal, divine human structure, like a city. Then that is the new Jerusalem. In today's age, uh, that is the present age we're living in, this, this blending, this corporate blending, is the church, the body. In the coming age, this will be the kingdom, and in eternity, it will be the new Jerusalem. So I say all of that to give us a proper view about what the new Jerusalem is. And so when we talk about its components, you would not just think physically, you would think about all the aspects of this church. Now, the New Jerusalem actually today with all its features, wonderful glorious features in so many ways, its contents with the throne, with the river, with the tree, with the street, golden street, with its walls, jasper walls, with its golden foundation, um, and with its gates, which was what we're going to talk about, now, all these things speak to the particular aspects of the church life today. Actually, if you like to know what the church life should be, 
should look like today, look no further than the sign of the new Jerusalem. So today, the church life should be the new Jerusalem in miniature, in minute form, in time and in space. One day, this new Jerusalem will exist for uh, e eternity. Uh, you know, our president, number 41st, George H.W. Bush just died, and a lot of tributes and uh, you know, if you've been keeping up with it this week. And uh, a lot of speaking and a lot of talk about he is going to heaven, you know, to meet his wife and his, uh, a, a, uh, a dead child of his. Now, um, I appreciate those sentiments that would give one hope, am I right? Um, and even something to cause us to thank God for his grace and, 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 and so on. That, that I, I understand. But uh, uh, New Jerusalem is not heaven. All right? New Jerusalem is not heaven. New Jerusalem actually is not a place. New Jerusalem is a person. Amen. God the person mingle with man the person. Produce a corporate person in this universe. And that person is our place. Do you follow me? Amen. That's our destination. Yeah. In fact, not just our destination, that's our destiny. Yeah. We are to become the new Jerusalem. Amen. We're not going there. Yeah. We're becoming it. Amen. And today, therefore, brothers and sisters, on this earth, what are we doing? We are doing a building work, you know. It says to build up the body, much like in the days of old, and that is with, um, uh, with um, uh, Noah, he built the ark. And today we're here to build up the body. So what does that mean? Really what that means is today, brothers and sisters, in the church life we're in, we're actually building up the new Jerusalem. Amen. Whatever is not part of the new Jerusalem will not pass the test. It will be burned. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be tested out. So in the church life today, we're here to build up those walls. Amen? Amen. And those gates. Uh, and, those, uh, and so on and so forth. And so um, this new Jerusalem eventually will be the masterful, wise, uh, poetic, uh, uh, masterpiece of God um, in display to his enemy and all the angels to see. Now, uh, all of this I just mentioned, of course, is simply just God's economy. Now, this uh, uh, few meetings, brothers and sisters, I don't want to talk about just these truths. That's why I said it here first. I want to just set the stage but I'm not going to spend my time to analyze or interpret or just talk about the truth. As I said earlier, I'm here with a burden. And what we're going to cover are the gates of the New Jerusalem. We're not going to talk about so many of the other things. We're going to just talk about the gates. And that the gates are the burden. 
of this weekend. Now, to talk about the gates, firstly, you have to realize there's a wall, right? Okay, so look, look, look at me. So New Jerusalem, it is a humongous thing. It's 12,000 stadia, uh, four square. Uh, it's actually not a cube. It's a four square this way. 2D, you know, 2D four square. 12,000 stadia is roughly from here to Dallas. All right, you get an idea now of the size. All right, that's the floor, what they call footprint of the New Jerusalem is square. If you square that out, that's, you can get a lot of people in there, right? This thing is huge. But it has walls. Uh, basically, in the inside of this four square is a mountain. It's a golden mountain with a throne and then the river coming out like this and the tree growing on each side of the river and a, and a street, golden street and so on. Okay. Those are the contents, but I'm not going to talk about it. I'm talking about the wall on the four sides. These walls are 144 cubits high. If you say, what is that in physical terms? Uh, not that this is physical, but it's, about, it's over 200 feet, 200 feet wall. Um, and that's like a... Uh, roughly a 20-story building. You, you get the idea? All right, it's not this high, right? That's a fence. This is two 20 stories high wall, which means you can climb over it. All right, I don't care what kind of rock climber you are, or Spider-Man you are, you, you cannot climb over this wall and get inside the, the new Jerusalem, the city. And this, this wall is made of, in the sign, made of jasper. Jasper. Jasper is a stone. And according to uh, an earlier verse in chapter 21, that, 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 that this jasper is, it says, full of the glory of God. So now I want to tell you what the walls, what this wall is for, all right, before we talk about the gates. The wall of a city is for, particularly the New Jerusalem, is for three things, three things. Number one, it's for separation. See, if you don't have a wall, there's no separation. It's all, right? The wall, the high wall, provides a clear, clear, uh, not only a demarcation line, a, 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 a barrier uh, that separates, separates two realms, two totally different realms. Number two, a wall's uh, purpose is to protect you know, in the old uh, Middle Ages, everyone builds a castle, or at least every king or whatever builds a castle. What is that? That wall, high wall, is to protect what's inside, the inhabitants and the things, uh, the riches, whatever inside that, that, that castle. 
Number three, number three, this wall is for expression. So this is why it's made of jasper, because it expresses something. What does it express? It expresses the glory of God. In fact, in fact, it says that in this uh, uh, New Jerusalem, the, uh, the light that never goes out, there's actually no night there, uh, is God himself. And there is a lamp uh, 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 which contains the light, and that lamp, L-A-M-P, is the lamb, L-A-M-B. Uh, this, this should really convince you. We're not talking about little, Mary has a little lamb, lamb. Uh, these are signs, pictures, am I right? Okay. And the new Jerusalem, the city, becomes a, what we call a diffuser. So that that light in that lamp shines out and it gets diffused, magnified, spread out in this whole, in the new heaven and the new earth. And that light, that light is just God glorified. The glory of God, the expression of God. So this city is actually, ultimately, a full eternal expression of God himself Amen. in man Amen. and through man. Now, these are the three things. You follow me. Number one, for separation. Number two, for protection. Number three, for expression. To, uh, to separate from what? This wall is to keep the common things out, the unholy things out, the unclean things out. Only what matches uh, God's holiness um, can be on the inside. So this is a holy wall that separate what is holy with what is unholy. And so today, brothers and sisters, in the church life, we need a high wall. You agree with me? A high wall to keep out all the dirty and corrupt things. In the church life, we should not be dirty and corrupt we should be holy as God is holy. Amen. So this wall sanctifies. Amen. It separates. It also sanctifies us. Now, the second thing is, what does it protect? It protects all, well, what, what is in, inside the city? It is God and God's interests. God himself with his interests. So this wall is to protect it. It's to protect that. And thirdly, I said already, this wall is for expression. So today, let's translate that into our church life today. In the church life, we need, such a, we need a wall church life Amen. to protect, I mean to, to, to separate, to protect, and to express. So every church should be a little new Jerusalem with such a jasper wall. Now, I am now starting to come to my burden. Yet this city is not just a wall city without an entrance. That would be terrible because we won't be sitting here, am I right? There's no way in. You know, the worst thing is I go to this wonderful building. Sometimes I find this very modern building. 
And I don't know where the entry is. <laughs> because they're so modern. I don't know. You know, old buildings, you just know, you know this is the main entry. This modern building, I just don't know where the building is. Uh, eventually, the entry is it's a place that looks like the restroom entry or something. Very confusing. Uh, this New Jerusalem has what? Has gates. And listen to me, not one gate. Not even four gates, you know, four sides, but 12 gates. Three per side. Three per side. This is a city not only with a great and high wall, this is a city with a lot of gates. Now, I tell you, dear brothers and sisters, even that right away should speak to your heart of God's desire. Amen. Doesn't it? Amen. Ever since the first man fell, the tree of life, which was man's ordained portion, the tree of life is simply God in Christ to be food and food's sustenance to man. That tree was blocked. That tree was blocked by what? By a flaming sword and what? By uh, the cherubims. And you, that, all those three things are the, what uh, uh, indicates the righteousness, the holiness, and the glory of God. Just block any kind of access for any human being since Adam fell. The, the very tree of life that God himself wants to be man's food, to be man's life, to be man's everything, was blocked due to sin, due to man's transgression. Almost like even God couldn't do anything about it because by his own nature and attributes, the fallen man and sinful man cannot access him. Yet that was not his heart. And I, I, would you not believe that soon after that is there, God, of course God had a plan, but anyway, just in our human terms, God was already thinking how I can get rid of those things. How I can do something about that so that man can access the tree again. Don't, don't you believe so? Amen. Don't you believe so? Amen. Or do you think he's saying, whoa, whoopee, now man is kept out. Do, do you think that's God's heart? He has to put those things there because of his attributes and nature. That cannot be what? Compromised, cannot be offended. But that was not his heart. His heart is man Amen. that can come to him. That's why we sang the song, Praise the Lord. Amen. Right? 39? Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Let the earth hear his voice. Am I right? And I particularly in verse 1, what does it say? Uh, open. And oh, what? Open the light. Yeah. Oh, oh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah very good. Uh, what does it say? Huh? Uh, who, to God be the glory, great things he had done, so love he the world, that he gave us his son, who yielded his life, our redemption to win, and open the life gate, that all may go in. I tell you, it is in God's heart that all, every sinner, would go in. Go into what? Go into this city. And what is this city to begin with? Before man is even there yet. This city is the very mansion mentioned in John 14. He said, I go, you know, Moses said, Oh, Jehovah, you are our dwelling place for generations. You know, God is to be man's dwelling. God is to live in, uh, man is to live in God. And the Lord came and he said, I go and prepare a place for you. And that place is the Father's house. That is not heaven. That is actually God as man's dwelling place. So God can only has to do something to clear this access so man can come into him and enjoy him and to have him as his life. No one can do it. So he himself has to do it. So one day God came to this earth to be a man. To be a man. And that step of incarnation is the first step of many in his process. Dear brothers and sisters, to make God accessible to human beings again. He was a wall. You know, God has a high wall. No one can come in. But he wants men to come in. And therefore, this wall has gates. I like to not just talk about these truth and, you know, these things. This weekend, I like to, I like to touch our, I like the Lord's heart to touch ours. The Lord's heart is not to keep people out. The Lord's heart is to bring people in. Now, there is a need for a wall. Absolutely. To protect, to preserve, to, 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 uh, to uh, uh, separate and, and, and to express, so on and so forth. But while we need to do that, we must not forget that these walls must have gates in them. Mm 
And not just a gate, but many gates. In the case of the New Jerusalem, it is in four directions because it's square. In four directions. Four means what? Means the creature. It, it, it signifies the creature in number. And you know you have this word in, uh, in uh, Revelation. Every what? People. Every tribe. Every tongue. And every nation. There's four things right here. Four things right there. And it is in all four directions. That means it's, it goes to every part of this earth. What does this tell you about God's heart? God's heart is for every kind of people. Every class of people. Every ethnicity of people. Every condition of people. Every kind of persons. It's as if God is saying, there's a gate for you. There's a gate for everyone to come in. Now, I would like to say this right now, that in the Lord's recovery, in these almost 100 years, we have almost 100 years history, the Lord, in his sovereignty, has certainly blessed the Lord's recovery with, with himself. Am I right? Amen. And I especially mention with all the wonderful contents of the New Testament, which is the truth, the riches of the divine truths. Now, maybe some of you study more than I do, um, but I've certainly done my part, my little part of studying of what we have in comparison to what, you follow me, what generally what you call Christianity has. And I must say something here in an honest way, but I believe this is not self-deluded. I believe this is um, accurate. And that is the truth and the riches that we have is absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, I mean, awesome. Am I right? Every page you turn to, I mean, these days at BFA, we, we daily get these reports and, you know, people who got the recovery version, you know, uh, um, uh, we, we, you know today we just got one. Someone said that uh, he, they got this recovery version years ago or something like that. And since then, he's been through all of it, he said, with the footnotes. And this, he said, there is nothing like this. I mean, this is not someone in the church life. This is someone just reading the recovery version. 
Now, how much we in the church life appreciate it is another matter, but I'm saying if you are objective about it, it's, it's sometimes it's so overwhelming, I don't know what to do with it, the, the, the amount of riches. And with these riches, I would say we are doing what we can, the brothers, uh, the co-workers, to protect these riches. Yeah, why are we having these seven uh, feasts? To protect these riches, to express these riches, to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, to enjoy these riches. And we should do everything. You know, these full-timers, any full, uh, not full-timers, trainees from the uh, full-time training, uh, my goodness, you should look at their syllabus, two-year syllabus. Some of you have been there, you're full-timers now. I think they're all like Peking ducks, you know, <laughs> stuffed to the gills. Uh, and I don't know how they do it. I, I see today, if you send me to the two-year training, I will fail. I will not finish it because it's too much. I don't know how you can handle daily so much riches being spoken to you. You have to read and all that. Uh, if you don't trust, believe me, go try sign up. Uh, now, if you can go to FTT, go to middle age training. Uh, that's, that's also a lot of food there. Okay. Now, this is wonderful. Let me say this. This is God's Special blessing. You know, listen to me. Where God's word is, that's where he is. Where God's speaking is, that's where his blessing is. You, you have to remember that. So today, by his mercy, not because of us, we have his word interpreted in full. It's a consummating ministry of all the past ministries since Paul. I'm not exaggerating. And we have it. And we're protecting it. And we're enjoying it. And oftentimes we celebrate even how wonderful it is. And we should. But now here's my burden. Here's my burden. My simple burden. That is, my brothers and sisters, at the same time, I have this feeling that could we have become a recovery, a church life, a city with these beautiful, high, awesome walls? With no gates or with very few gates, or with very small gates. Why I say this? Very simple. Because if these riches of God is meant for humanity, why is it that after 55, I'm sorry, 56 years now, in the Lord's recovery in this country, 
there's still only 25,000 saints in the churches, in 300 churches. 56 years. 25,000 saints, 300 churches. You say, whoa, you shouldn't be so greedy. That's pretty good, you know? 25,000 saints. Well, I did my math, you know, I did my math. I did my study of what do you call the annual growth rate. I don't have time to talk about it, but I will tell you, in the beginning, the first 12 years, our growth rate is at 50%, 5-0% on a what? On an annual basis in a compounded fashion, compounded rate, 50%. We start with 30 people. By 1976 or so, we have about uh, 45, at least 4,500 saints. That's a 50% increase like that. Then, then something happened among us, the opposition came, and for the next 10 years, that rate dropped to less than 4%. Basically, we lost people. But we still increased a little bit to 8,500 by 1985. From 1985 until today, until today, right? That's 30-some years. We're at 25,000. You know what that growth rate is? Uh, what is it? 4%. 4%. Almost flat. Almost flat. Now you say, oh, uh, you are always like this. You know, me. You know. <laughs> You're always talking about numbers. You're always interested in statistics. You always measure this or that by, 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 by these things. Well... Uh, maybe I'm wired this way, I don't know, but when I look at this situation, I cannot but ache, pained in my heart. Don't you think, just, just follow me for a moment, don't you think today in the USA, <clears throat> instead of 225,000, we have 250,000 saints, and that would not be huge. What do you say? Do you know how many people are there today in our population? 325 million. Do you know how many people we have in 1962? Probably a little less than 200 million. You go out and you look at people. And when you get these reports from here and there, I tell you hungry people, seeking people, needy people, unsaved, saved, all ethnicity, this and that, young and old. There's so many who should be enjoying these riches like we are. Do you, do you feel that way? That I cannot sleep so well when I'm still only me enjoying it and not many more. So, based on this, brothers, I come to this kind of a study. I do a lot of studies. To have this consideration, could it be that whilst we have a relatively high and functional 
and, and glorious wall that we don't have the matching gates in four directions so that more can come in. Now, now, because of time, let me just say something about these gates right now. Okay? I'm saying something about the gates. <clears throat> I like to touch our hearts. I like our hearts all to be touched. That our God is a gate God, is a God of gates. As holy, as righteous, as glorious as he is. Because if that is not the case, why would he become a man? Why? Why, why, why would he come to this earth? Not only he became a man, he was found in fashion as a man, he took on the form as a slave. Why? 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 And then, why did he live, listen to me, you know, nine months in conception, birth, you know, 30 years to grow up, and then three and a half years of ministry, and you tell me why in that ministry this, this man, this God, this God-man mainly want to spend time not with the righteous people, but with sinners. You know, the, that word sinner, when it Many times it talks about certain women, she's a sinner, you know, like the one who broke the alabaster box. Sinner is a good term, actually, a nice term. I mean, these are women of ill repute. These are prostitutes. And the men, these are tax collectors. Now today, you know, we, none of us like IRS, but it's nothing like the tax collectors in those days. They are a hated bunch of people. They represent the, the repress, re- repressive government of Roman Empire, and they hated them. Uh, and God, uh, the Lord, I'm sorry, would... Spend time with these people. And so, in these uh, 12 gates of three on each side, the three, uh, now a little bit of truth here and interpretation, the three refers to the triune God. And four sides refer to the creature. And three times four, that's not a... Uh, addition that would be make seven. This is a multiplication. That means there is a mingling there of God with man. 
and they form the gates. And the three, and this is absolutely a marvelous, marvelous interpretation, if you will. And our brother help us to realize those three gates on each side is exactly uh, shown by the three parables in Luke 15. Luke 15. Actually, these three gates are the triune God as gates. God is not just the rich content inside the walls. God is also the gates. God himself became a gate. So that people can come in, can come in and enjoy him. And for this reason, he became a man, came in the flesh. For this reason, he lived that life in such a lowly way to be with those kind of people. In fact, if you read Luke 15, brothers and sisters, go read. The first part of that chapter before the Lord talked about those parables, the Lord was talking to the Pharisees and say, you Pharisees, you, 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 you're righteous, you don't need anything. But I am here with these sinners because they are sick. They have a need for a physician. They have a need. So I'm spending time with them. And, and these people couldn't take it and say, you know, you, you, what are you doing, you know? Uh, and in one place it says even he's gluttonous. You know, even they say the Lord is a glutton and a wine bibber or whatever it is. Because he hangs out with certain kind of people. Or he hung out. Then after that, he talked about the three parables. Brothers, the sisters, the first. And each one of these parables is a gate. The first one is the son. As the shepherd. Leaving the 99 righteous sheep. Righteous sheep to go find that one lost sinful sheep. Just that one. And put him on his shoulder and came home and rejoiced. And then the second is the spirit, the woman, who would what? Diligently, carefully sweep the floor to find the one lost coin. And when she found it, she was rejoicing and saying that the Lord, uh, I think the Lord said, you know, when there's one who would be saved, the whole heavens would rejoice. Yeah. One, one. And then the third one is on the father. Since the prodigal left and squandered all his inheritance and living a low life and in, 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 in a sinful way, came to his senses because of the spirit, um, enlightening and, and, and speaking, composed, you know, a, a kind of a, uh, you know, a letter to his father, like, you know, I did it wrong, you know, you just take me back, I'm going to serve you. 
you know, he, he got everything prepared and he came and, and this father saw him from a long ways off. And it says he was filled with compassion and he ran. He ran, brothers and sisters. How about that? He ran. And he fell on his neck and kissed him. And of course, you know, he put on the ring. He put on the rope, sorry, the ring and the sandals. And then he said, let's kill the fatted calf and let us have a party, right? Let's be merry and let's... And then, of course, this older brother, you know, representing the righteous ones, say, what's going on? You never gave me a goat. You know, he just wanted a goat. And uh, you never threw me a party, all that I'm doing. And here's this guy, this dirty guy, my younger brother. He's done all these things. And now you're doing all this for him. This is not fair. And the father said, this is your brother. Once he was lost, and now he's found. One, he's dead, and now he's alive. This is the heart of the loving and receiving father. So, brotherly, help us to realize these, this is the triune God, the Son, the Spirit, and the Father. And these are the three gates. The three gates seeking, enlightening, receiving, eventually for this repentant sinner to come back into the Father's house to the tree of life again. And now, uh, of course, all this is done um, with the sons coming to die on the cross to accomplish redemption, of course. And then the spirit following on the base of that permanent eternal redemption to inspire, right? To seek, to, to sweep, to, to call. We all have that experiences. The spirit came to us. And eventually we, we were found. We, 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 returned, we returned to the Lord. We, re, we repented. And the father embraced us and and with with open arms and uh, and a and a fatherly kiss and um, back home home to himself. Uh, that's the gates. That's the gates. But I want to end this afternoon's fellowship, which I will do now. <clears throat> And that is this, that these gates are not just three, you know, but three on four sides. That means four times three. There's a, there's a, there's a what? There is a uh, uh, 
mingling there. I want to leave you with this thought, and that is these gates are not just God, not just the triune God. Today, we are joined to this triune God. Amen. We are identified Amen. with this triune God. We are one with this triune Amen. God. So that today, in a mingled fashion, we, his believers, should be part of these gates. That is my main burden this weekend. That you and I should be gates. In Ephesians, one of the reference verses, it says, for through him, that's Christ, we have access in one spirit unto the Father. So the whole triangle God is in that verse. But the gates there is him, that is Christ. Through Christ the Son. So he is... The, the opening, no, not opening, he is the, uh, the passage, huh? the passage. By, by, by the way, by the way, look, when we talk about gates, we're not talking about that door over there. You know, those sisters are just coming in, you open it, you walk in. No, in the, in the old days, they have walls so thick that the gate is a passageway. In fact, the gate is a court in itself. There's a threshold over here. There's a threshold over there. Then the, the gate itself is not just a fence. The gate is a long passageway. You don't just walk over it. You, 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 you pass through it, taking much time. You follow me? So it's not simple as we think. It's a process. So it is through Christ and it is in the Spirit, meaning... The realm of this gate is the spirit. That's where the gate is. It's in the realm of the spirit. And unto the Father, meaning the Father is the destination. The who we come into or who we come to. And I remember words like this. Sorry. The Lord said in John 10, not only I'm the shepherd, not only I'm the pasture, but I'm the door. Jesus said, I'm the door. What good is it that you have a pasture you, or you have temporarily the, the sheepfold, but there's no door to come in and out? It's no good for the sheep. Even you have a shepherd, but if there's not a door, there's no way in and out. And we all know the famous verse the Lord said in John 14, I am the way and the reality and the life. The life is for the reality and the reality is for the way. And it is through this way 
we come into the Father's house. A sinner comes into the Father's house. And don't you all remember in Hebrews chapter 9 or 10, it says, there's a veil there. And then what? There is a new and living way open. What is that new and living way? That is the broken and cut and crucified flesh of Jesus. By that being rent, you know, when the Lord was crucified, the life gate was open for all to go in. Do you see the Lord's heart? Do you see the heart of the triune God? He wants everyone in. So he became a gate. The entire Trinity is a gate. And today he has worked himself into us, joined himself to us. Friends, sisters, I would like to just say this. We all need to be gates of this city. Each one of us should be a gate of the church, in the church life. Amen? amen. If you say amen, then in the next meeting I can talk about how we become those gates. How about that? I feel on the one hand we praise the Lord for the wall. And we have to keep that wall high. We have to keep that wall strong. We cannot compromise. No way. No way. But it's time for a few more cracks in these walls. A few more openings in these walls. A few more holes in these walls. For people to come in. You know how people come in today? You say, the triune God. I say, you. If you are not one with this triune God, identify with him, no one can come in. This explains to me, at least in part, our low rate of increase. Because we have a church life short of gates. Or if you're a gate, it's so small, even a mouse cannot go through. You know. <laughs> I will tell you more about, a little bit more about my own little testimony. But I will just give you this preview, one sentence. And that is, my life was changed the day when the Lord spoke to me. That man, your spirituality means nothing. If people cannot come through you into me. That's the day. That's the day. My life was changed. So we'll talk about more about that. I certainly am burdened here to make this 
burden personal to you, not just truth, not just good points, but it will affect your lives uh, as it has affected mine. So how about uh, uh, we have some sharing right now. Brothers, just feel free, uh, a minute each or a couple of minutes. Please feel free to share something to respond. Please, uh, someone keep time because of time. Huh? I, I think it's better to uh, aim for one minute, and he will raise up this thing. Okay. All right. Go.
yet I'm really touched that we need to be a gate for the people to come in. And so I'm here to consecrate myself to take this word. Amen. The Lord be merciful to me Amen. and to all of us that we can be a spiritual gate Amen. to make the people come into us, into Amen. the church. Um, the Lord has just been giving me a feeling for man, and um, and not and it's true that sometimes we can we can know a lot of truth, but if we don't have a heart for them, then then what we say will miss the mark. So I was uh, really touched with learning how to pray, uh, coming to the Lord and praying for people, and and praying that the Lord would first touch me, and then that way that I would go to these ones with a burden, with a feeling to speak, with them, to, speak to them. And then, and then the ones who we think are not, are not useful material, actually these are the ones. Amen. We just have to have a feeling for them. Amen. To go to speak to them over and over and over. Because God has a heart for them. Lord is always seeking. The son is seeking. He, he, he's the ruler of the universe, but he's seeking the one lost sheep. And the spirit is, is seeking the one lost coin. And the father is waiting, seeing the son a long way off, waiting for the son. Uh, I recently went to Jerusalem, and the, the second point, and I went through what are called Hezekiah's tunnels. They're very short, very narrow very slow-moving tunnels, and you can get to Jerusalem that way. I went through the Damascus Gate, and it was wonderful. And then I spent one miserable hour going through Hezekiah's tunnels, <laughs> trying to get into Jerusalem. I, I had my phone, I typed in, worst idea ever, that we chose to go through these tunnels. As, what kind of gates are we, saints? Uh, we should be the gates that allow the saints. Mario, I appreciate your spirit. Be the gates that allow the saints to come to come to the Lord, to come to the one who's seeking them. Amen. Praise the Lord for this word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I enjoy a brother uh, uh, burden. Need to have a more planting. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. More planting, more blessing. Amen. Amen. Through the seven times a year planting. So praise the Lord. The Lord's recovery can go on further and further. Amen. And so touch your brother's share uh, the church yeah, as a wall. Right, was for the uh, separation, for protection, and for expression. Amen. Amen. More than that, oh, so also church has a gate. New Jerusalem has a 12 gate for direction. So may the Lord can ask me, Lord, I want to be one of the gate Amen. to bring more people, more sinners into uh, your church. God goes after the New Jerusalem. After the Spirit felt at Pentecost that 3,000 people say 5,000, then we expected a strong church life in Jerusalem. Instead, we read further. The church in Jerusalem suffered severe persecution. The disciples had to spread, to spread the gospel. 
and only the apostles stay, stay behind. So today, we had to see the, what God's after. We just finished the more revival on Jubilee. The Jubilee is wonderful. Christ of Jubilee is our enjoyment of freedom. But someone has to declare to announce it. The problem, if you don't announce it, how can they believe if they did not hear? How do they get in here with no one to preach the gospel? So we have to pick up the burden of our brother that we have to negate. I One time I reminded the, the, the brother and sister in a whole meeting, do you know that it's just a matter of meeting? It's a gate. We are bringing the people into the kingdom of God. Amen. It's not just for our enjoyment. We need to have a vision that our goal exists and to bear fruit for the Lord. Uh, a view of our God. Amen. Our God is a God of gates. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's not just a high wall, but he is a God of gates. Amen. And I was just touched. You know, in the beginning of the Bible, the tree of life was closed. But the whole Bible after that is what? God moving, working for man to have access to that tree of life. Amen. That's why he called Abraham and made a nation of the Israel, Amen. the Jews. You know it's on the names on, on the 12 gates, right? You know what's on the names on there? It's not the 12 apostles. It's the 12, right, tribes of Israel. Amen. Because salvation is of the Jews. Amen. Anyway, I was just touched. This is the Bible. The whole Bible is an unveiling of God's heart for man to come back to himself. Amen. To enter into himself. Amen. So we may be more mingled with him. Amen. Oh, to be a gate. Amen. This is our destiny. I don't want to care for spirituality. Amen. That's vanity. Amen. If no one can enter through me Amen. into the triune God. Amen. So saints, we have a glorious destiny. Amen. May we get more mingled with this triune God. Amen. This is God of gate. Amen. Oh. Amen. My time is up. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have a God of, a God of gates. Um, anyway, saints, I'm thankful to be here with you all, uh, blending together. Uh, so, South Orange County churches. It's so good to see all different faces. Uh, anyways, I appreciate this word. Um, four times three, there's a union, there's a mingling there with God and with man. So not only is God a gate, the one who's running to the prodigal, but actually this God, that running God, uh, the one who, who, who wept on the prodigal's, kissed his neck, wept it, wept. At the return, his son came home. So happy. Saints, this one is mingled with us. Amen. Oh, he is not just alone, uh, running. Uh, he wants us here in South Orange County. Oh, to run to the sinners. Amen. You know, I'm afraid sometimes I see some of these ones and uh, the wall might come up. You know, the wall for the protection mm -hmm. to keep these ones out, right? Maybe we would have kept the prodigal out. But the father wanted to bring the prodigal in. Oh, hallelujah for his loving and forgiving heart. Amen. May this fellowship really help us to be more one with him. So that in South Orange County, there would not be churches merely with high walls, but there would be churches with so many gates. Amen. Saints, this ministry is so rich. We're having all this sharing just on one small detail of the New Jerusalem. But, you know, this sign is so new to me. I always notice the wall. The wall is magnificent. It's, it's in the picture. It's this massive 200-foot thick wall. No one can climb. No one can, can get over it. No one can, can get through it. Um, so 
you know, if we only had this wall, the New Jerusalem would be like this impenetrable fortress, right? Well, uh, I was really impressed tonight that, yes, there's this impenetrable wall for separation, protection, and a glorious expression, but saints, there's 12 gates. Amen. There's Amen. gates on every side. Amen. There's never been a structure like this to have such a high and thick wall, but to be so open, Amen. to be so enterable. Amen. Only God could design something Amen. like this. Amen. Hallelujah. There's 12 gates, Amen. three on every side. Amen. That means the triune God is mingled with man. Amen. And through these, these God-men, people can enter from the four corners of the earth. Amen. Every tribe, nation, and tongue. Amen. Hallelujah. We all need to be gates. Amen. I'm uh, really happy and thankful for the blending today. Um, I didn't think that we were both going to be here, so um, firstly, I was just happy that we were able to come, but also from my uh, time in the training, I spent a lot of time at this hall, and um, so normally I would choose not to stand in such a large gathering, but I, I feel at home, and um, I feel we're among family, a lot of new faces, but also a lot of familiar faces. So I'm, I am thankful for the, that we had the opportunity to blend this weekend. And I really enjoyed uh, the statement at the beginning that the new Jerusalem is a person and that this person is our place. And I'm so happy that we've all enjoyed the experience of this person becoming our place. Um, and I feel that the burden is um, very timely for me and there's been you know, the Lord's been touching things in my heart, and, and in the last couple of weeks, this line from a familiar hymn, a lot of you have probably recognized this line, that millions grasp and clutch at life, wondering if there could be more. And I've been seeing people through this filter more, that they're grasping and clutching at life, wondering if there could be more. Um, and so here we are from our perspective, we are within the new Jerusalem already. We've enjoyed our entrance through the gates, but now um, we have a responsibility to also be the gates to others. I'm thankful for a gate that uh, was opened when our brother had the burden for the, um, called it the ministry station. You know, the reason why I reflect on that is because Brother Lee wasn't, didn't feel that this ministry was just to be kept within the walls of the local churches. Mm -hmm. So when he began even to share the life studies, he didn't share it in a meeting hall. He went to the Orange County Fairgrounds to begin to speak these things to feed the hungry people. In fact, he deliberately went to something that was not just strictly related to the, the local churches. And where I was at, it was in a regional park. And the brothers were just speaking these wonderful things. So all the treasures, we began to realize words like image and dominion, the tree of life. This is all the food that, through which we came to the Lord's recovery. And, but followed up with this, there was a dear brother named Howard that I was related to. And I can tell you, his home was a gate. I heard the ministry, but within an hour or two, a couple hours, I was in his living room. And just the loving of the Lord, the enjoying of this wonderful person, I just got ushered in to the presence of the Lord. And I just tell you the truth, within my heart from those days was, I just want to be a gate through which others can enter in 
to the same enjoyment that I have. Our God is a gate. You know what that means? It means you're a gate. I was really encouraged by our brother's trumpet to be gates. You know, um, I don't know what prompted me, but I was waiting for my wife. She was talking to a sister this afternoon, and I sat in my car, and I read John chapter 6. And I was touched with verse 9, and it was very timely along this line. They were, had so many out there who were hungry, so much need. But verse 9 comes, and Simon Peter, he says, there is a little boy. There is a little boy. But there are so many. So I am so happy. Um, we can be a little gate. Amen. Through this little boy, thousands were fed. He just gave himself to the brothers, right? And he was, he was giving them barley bread, right? The resurrection. So I was very thankful. I'm not 6'8". I'm not a big gate. Maybe I'm Hezekiah's little gate, but I can, I can be a gate. Amen. I can be a little boy Amen. who presents myself so that so many can come in and enjoy the riches of this feast. Amen. Let's be gates. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I really, I was so touched that, that we, you know, the New Jerusalem is not only the tall and awesome walls. It's also full of gates. So, in fact, um, it's, just, it's just so wonderful that the Lord Jesus himself, in his humanity, he was a walking pearl gate. And he's just bringing people in. And to sinners, to those who are despised, he just spoke words of grace. And, I mean, you know, he just spoke to them. He, t he touched them. And so I, I just realized I was so exposed. Um, sometimes I, I might have walked around as this high and awesome wall to people <laughs> oh you can't come in you know yeah you're not good enough or whatever um or sometimes i might show up as a gate but then you know i'm not big enough for them to come in so anyways i just realized the lord needs to enlarge us enlarge our hearts so that we can we can be like him a walking pearl gate amen praise the lord for the blending I just uh, enjoy just coming together, and you know we can be blended, we can be adjusted, tempered. Um, and this one thing about the gates really impressed me. It's um, that these gates are the three gates on four sides of the wall, and this shows that there's a mingling of God and man. And uh, we know that Lord Jesus, He says, you know, He's the way, He's the reality, you know, to come to the Father. So, so He's the way, but. But when you see that, you know, we are, we are also the gates, you know, because these, ga this, these gates are a mingling of God and man, right? So, so the Lord Jesus, he's the gate, but he needs our cooperation. He needs us to be the gates, right? Uh, because th these gates are the mingling of God and man. You know, we, uh, in the Lord's recovery, you know, we, we have, our increase have been stagnant for the past, what, 30 years. And that's because there, there's not enough gates, uh, you know, we, we are we're a place here in Southern California, uh, in South Orange County, to be gates, right? To be gates to, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our friends, families, so that they can come into the church life. You know, we're not, we shouldn't be satisfied because we have all these riches. We have the high peak truth. We, we need to be gates so that people can come through us into the triune God, come through us into to the Father.
the Lord's heart's desire is not to keep people out. The Lord's heart's desire is to bring people in. Amen. Something I read in the ministry this week, it says, if you would open the mind of triune God, his mind is full of man. So how does man enter into the triune God? So blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have right to the tree of life, and that they may enter by the gates into the city. So without the gates, the city has no meaning. So I realized we need to be the gates. We need to be a gates on campus. We need to be the gates on the workplace, gates in our neighborhood, so the triune God can flow in and the triune God may flow out. Amen. So we will be touched and we'll be these gates for the triune God to flow in and flow out. Amen. It's just really wonderful to see that we are the gates. You know, I think of the gates. I didn't realize it would be us are the gates. And then and to see that is to bring in sinners. You know, I had this sister just today. She says, I've been crying almost the entire afternoon. Please enjoy the blending and please keep praying for me. She just feels so sinful right now. She just feels like she can't even come back to God. But I'm just touched that we need to be the gates to bring people into the triune God. Hermanos, he sido muy impresionada. Very um, impressed. That we have to be one with the Lord. When we are one with the triune God, we are the gates. Uh, a few months ago, I had a vision that God needs me to be one with him. So wherever I go, I would do his will and not mine. When I go to the post office, it's not my necessity, it's his. When I go to the store, to the market, it's not my, it's not my necessity. When I look for a place to live, it's not me, it's the Lord. So when the, so when the people come to me, I can um, supply with his life. Because if I'm not one with the, with, with the triune God, the people will not be able to receive life they will just um, yeah, be, be indifferent. A few days ago, I um, found um, a young person. He needed a place to live. At the end, he ended up asking me for a hug. I started talking about God to him. And he, at the end, he asked for a hug. 
I was a little scared to no give him a hug because I never seen him before. <coughs> and I was talking about God, but I was afraid to give him a hug. I've noticed this week there's a lot of people that need the Lord. I cannot just confirm myself with enjoying the God. I have to share what I'm enjoying. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, brothers and sisters, that we could be together in this kind of a way, blending with one another. Amen. The last time we had such a conference was actually 2011, so that was seven years ago, over seven years ago. So uh, this is long overdue. Um, but anyways, more on that. Uh, but when we have blending, what touched me tonight was that we should expect some tempering and even some adjusting. And when Brother Menor mentioned that each one of our churches really should be a miniature of this New Jerusalem, that all the features and characteristics of the New Jerusalem really should be present within our own local church, I felt like that immediately was a little bit of adjustment in that, uh, well, I don't know if we have all the four gates or, or all the 12 gates, or even if we have the 12 gates, maybe they're too small. Or maybe they're not, maybe on one side, and sometimes I say tongue-in-cheek in Irvine, we have probably three gates to the east, but only one gate to the west open, right? Because of just the way the church is, we may not necessarily be open to all tribes, tongues, and nations, or at least those may not feel like they can enter in. But anyways, we realize we need to be the 12 gates of the new Jerusalem. And that these gates are us. But it's important that when we say these gates are us, it's not us as the four but as us as a four times three. Amen. Meaning that we only function as gates if we're mingled with the process triune God. Amen. This is not a call to let's go and grab people and bring them into our church, right? We do that, we actually may undermine the wall. Right. Right. We may end up bringing things that do not meet God's righteousness holiness, and glory, which is why we need to be those who become the gates of the New Jerusalem by being mingled with the process triune God that, we can, that so many can enter in. So anyways, we hope that over the next now two more meetings, we can have more enlightenment, more even adjustment, more tempering, more mingling, eventually for that the new Jerusalem could be worked out among us. Okay, we're going to stop here, and we're going to start with the uh, go ahead and have a love feast. We have six tables from left to right, two tables of, um, um, of, of roasted chicken, um, crazy chicken, right? Uh, El Pollo Loco. Uh, and then the middle two are... Um, uh, what are the middle two? Okay, the far on the right are Chinese, right? Are Chinese. And the middle is, ah, 
Hawaiian barbecue, okay? So you have, if you're the left is uh, crazy chicken, uh, in the middle, Hawaiian barbecue, and on the right, uh, Chinese. So uh, go ahead, to, anyways, hopefully uh, uh, we can just line up and take, now where we can sit are across, 